of things that um, we're now recording, by the way. And one of one of the things that has been pretty awesome about doing this is just the chat at the start before we start talking about wrestling. Yeah. Um. So I'm keen to I'm keen to capture that as well. So yeah, welcome to the podcast. No, my my pleasure. Really, really. Uh, um. Uh, well, I always welcome the opportunity to talk about wrestling, but it's it's really <laughs> interesting. You know, uh, I do some podcasts and and TV shows myself, so it's it's. It's nice to be on the other side for a change, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so well, I'd, let's let's start with that then, Barry, because you're a bona fide historian, I think. Like from what I can see from your Twitter bio and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, I'm an historian. I I have um, well, like um, my training as an historian. I'm just in the the final stages of you know being ready to submit uh, my PhD, but. My undergraduate and my masters were in were in history, so I've, I've published a few, you know, sort of minor articles. But the, the main thing I do is a, a history TV show on local yeah. television in Belfast. So, yeah, yeah uh, history, and I think that maps on pretty well to the fact that I'm a really, really passionate about the history of wrestling as well. Yeah, you know, um, just before the pandemic, it's it's the you know, made over, you know, 100 shows in this this um, show that I do. And mm. the one that I really, you know, we had it set up and then the lockdown happened and we weren't allowed near the studio and stuff was with uh, Nick Nick Campbell, who's a wrestling promoter from oh. from uh, sort of Fermanagh to own direction in, in uh, Northern Ireland. And yes. uh, Dave Fitfinley's father. So they were my two guests. Wow. And I've been talking to uh, Fitz's dad on the phone and stuff, and I'm just really sorry that we didn't get to do it because uh, you know he's, yeah. you know, I didn't want uh, them to come in and something to happen. You know, most yeah. likely wouldn't have happened, but I couldn't live with with that. So you know, and we just didn't get round to rearranging it. So it was good yeah. and it was really interesting the the phone conversations I had with uh, Fit Finley Senior about the history of wrestling in Northern Ireland, which is what Nick, the promoter, is writing a book on the history oh, wow. of wrestling. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I, I love the history of wrestling as well. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's incredible, isn't it? Um, how, like, things can join up sometimes as well, like, you're different. Absolutely, um, I was reflecting yeah. like, on that recently because I've got, like, my the Twitter account that I have, um is basically like my AEW fanboy account. And the reason I've got that account is because like one of my buddies followed my work Twitter and then tagged me in a freaking wrestling post. And I was like, oh my God, I can't like have this in the public domain. I'd best best quickly set up a a wrestling Twitter so I can, you know, indulge myself a little bit. So um, I think uh, there's a lot of, you know, well, there's a few historians there who are, you know, friends of mine. And there's one one in particular. She's a a historian from from Cork. I'll just give her a shout out. And we don't, she's been on the show, but anytime we, you know, send messages to her, it's not about history. It's about wrestling, you know. So (laughs) there's quite a number of historians out there who contact me about wrestling and, you know, and, and another one who has a show. Uh, in from Dublin, he's got a really successful Irish history podcast. Mm. Talks to me about wrestling all the time. Like so, historians are you know not as a not as a rule, but you know I know quite a few who are really yeah. into wrestling as well. You know, storytelling. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know? Well, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I just like get on with asking you some proper questions now that I've got over my um, starstruck uh, fact that I've got a bona fide historian on my little wrestling podcast. But um, yeah, so I guess the first question uh, for you, Barry, is just about your uh, slow slide into AEW fandom. Like, how did you? Are you one of these people that were on it from the start and the ground level with the Bullet Club, or did you find out about it some other way? Well, you know, I, I just to give you a bit of background uh, on, on my journey into you know wrestling to begin with. Now, yeah. my mother, my my great uncle was a massive wrestling fan. You know, world of sport, and every oh, Saturday yeah. I'd be at his house. Uh, we'd watching it, and you know, my mum was there. And my mum took me to see the wrestling when I was four, four years of age. So, and that's going back four decades. So ever since then, you know, yeah. I'm, I've been into all sorts of, you know, promotions and stuff like that there. So right from World of Sport through to, you know, uh, TNA and, you know, Ring of Honor and, and things like that there. And right up until, you know, like Lucha Underground and, and then, oh, you know, yeah. AEW. So you, you, you can't watch them all. You have so much choice mm-hmm. these days and it's really good. So I knew about, you know, Ring of Honor, the elite, you know, Cody Rhodes, you know, I saw Cody Rhodes wrestle live before a few times. And, All right. Yeah. And um, so I knew that whole thing about uh, Dave Meltzer you know, talking about that Ring of Honor couldn't sell 10,000 tickets. So it was all coming up and they did that sort of first one all in back yeah. in 2018 or something so as yeah. you know I was keeping an eye on that and I thought right this is really interesting because you know we so so much hope a few years ago for uh, the likes of TNA when it was coming mm-hmm. coming you know and then mm-hmm. Bischoff and Hogan ruined it basically and, and Dixie Carter <laughs> so it's interesting to see something else come along because again mm. you know another thing Lucha Underground was far too short it was brilliant mm. but it was, you know mm. it just didn't last so Always interesting to see, you know, another promotion coming up there. So I knew about it since then. And uh, then there's another person who's a, an academic in Queens in, in politics, was really into AEW as well. So, you know, I had someone there to connect me to it. So I wouldn't yeah. say I'm, I was right in there from the start, but I was aware of it from yeah. you know, the, the get-go. And then, you know, as it came on ITV, uh, you know, that's when I started, you know, really getting into it and watching it. So, yeah. Good stuff. And what, um, so one of the reasons I'm really keen to do this at this time is because AEW is still like a relatively young promotion. Um, and I'm trying to, so for me personally, there's something quite special about it and quite unique about it. And I'm trying to get a feel for how universal that is amongst AEW's fan base. Because it's quite interesting hearing you talking, you sound like, you know, you've been watching wrestling maybe a bit more continuously than some of the other people that I've had on. Mm. So like, so like from your point of view, like what is it about AEW? Do you think that makes it maybe stand out a little bit more or be a bit different from other promotions? Well, you know, there's obviously similarities between it and other promotions, but Mm. what Mm. it really, really sort of draws my, you know, attention, uh, holds my attention is that it reminds me a lot in some ways of, you know, WCW, but pre pre Eric Bischoff years. I'm talking about the late 1980s, early mm-hmm. 1990s. You know when it was, 
going from NWA to WCW. So you have, you know, it's kind of like that. You know, it isn't as flashy as WWF mm. was or WWE as as now is, of course. But you know, it kind of reminds me of of that, especially you know, like the tag team divisions. You have a lot of really good food tag teams. You know, like sort of um, what do you call them? Um, it's the FTR, right? Yes. So, you know, they're they're basically, you know, highly influenced by you know the the tag teams of old NWA, WCW, and and it shows. So, connect, that sort of connection, and, and what you're saying there is about it, you know, being a young promotion. You'll have noticed this yourself. You know, Twitter, the wrestling fans on Twitter, present company accepted. A lot of them, you know, are just so annoying with. Yeah, <laughs> you know this this war between this non-existent war really between uh, WWE and AEW, but what you're saying there is about it, it, it's a it's a young company. Mm. Yeah, it is, and a lot of people on Twitter, especially WWE fans, hardcore WWE fans, use that in a pejorative, you know, way. You know, say, oh, there's yeah. no history to it, but that's re- and this is this is me going back on history here. Um, it's, it's it's nothing like that because mm. um, you know it's really incorrect. It does have history. It does have lineage. And if it can mm. explain mm. why I think it does have lineage, is because those similarities with you know WCW of the of old pre sort of Hogan pre Bischoff, you know, um, there's a lot there. But it has lineage, and it has lineage through Cody Rhodes mm. and Dustin Rhodes. I saw yes. Dustin Rhodes wrestle live when he was like 22. And, oh, you know, wow. so, yeah. So, you know, he has that, you know, 20, mm. 30 years of, of wrestling history there himself. But, you know, you look at those two uh, Rhodes brothers and, you know, in the back of your mind, you can't have thinking about Dusty Rhodes. That's so right. just for the fact of, you know, who their family is, you've got that mm. sort of history and lineage going on there. And especially with that, you know, like that first match they had together and then, you yes. know, like they came together after that goes back to mm-hmm. what was happening in WWE. Remember the time they were, you know, at odds and Dusty came into the ring. But, you know, going back NWA of the 80s, you know, you have that lineage within that family alone. But mm-hmm. also, you know, you're talking about um, Cody as well with Aaron Anderson. Aaron Anderson, one of the best wrestlers of all time. Yeah. that's one of the hills I'll die on he was one of the, the greatest wrestlers I've ever you know he's his coach then yeah. you've got Tully Blanchard is you know the sort of the coach the manager of FTR and a member of the pinnacle they're going back they were the brain busters in the late 80s yeah. in the WWF but they're also members of the four horsemen they're also mm-hmm. tagged you know like a, a tag team you've got all that sort of lineage going on then yeah. you've got the likes of Jack Roberts I know he's you know, most closely associated with his time in WWF. But if you look that beyond that, you know, he was in, you know, uh, what do you call it? He was in Stampede Wrestling. Mm-hmm. He was in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Mid-South. He was also mm-hmm. in, you know, he was in um, Mid-Atlantic, you know, all these territories and lots of other territories. Yeah. So the very fact that they're there, you know, you can sort of, at one level, trace back to a territory system. Yeah. And... What I love what AEW is doing at the minute, you know, with collaborating with Impact, it's collaborating with New Japan, it's also now collaborating with NWA. You know, 
you've got all these and they're especially MWA, you know, that's, you know, that's the, the daddy of them all, you know, going back, that's right. if you go back far <laughs> and you look, you know, like we said at the beginning of this, when Cody was in Ring of Honor and this is where I was kicked off from, Ring of Honor had that association with NWA that had Cody as the NWA champion. So you've got all, if you look hard enough, or you don't mm. even have to look that hard, you know, you've yeah. got all these strands going back to various uh, points in, in the territory system. And the mere fact that that's in, you know, AEW gives it a, a, a grounding and a sort of historical lineage that, you know, you know, should should excite people. Yeah. You know what I mean? What and, a great point. But there's another one, you know, um, now you've got me started. You know, <laughs> Cole Cabana uh, tweeted uh, a picture, you know, the Dark Order Claw with yes. uh, Baron Von Rasch. I always get that mistake. You know, Baron Von Rasch, you know, the old, he's a German count, you know, but he's, he's really American, but... Uh, is that sorry? Know, is this a wrestling gimmick or a historical thing? No, this is uh, Baron von Rasch. He's an old wrestler in the you know the sixties and seventies and eighties. Oh. You know, in America and you know, sort of in the territory system. So you have oh, Cabana giving the Dark Order claw. Baron von Rasch had the, the the claw. So you know, you've got oh. all these little ties, and and you see all the old sort of wrestlers coming along, and you know, giving that legitimacy to them, which is yes. really interesting. You know. Yes. It's such a great point, and I think um, it's 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 well observed by a historian that um, that the sort of there's a there's a temptation, I think, maybe for more casual fans to look at AEW and see that shiny new logo and to think it's all new, but actually, as you've just like so superbly put there, that the history of wrestling is sort of woven into the fabric of AEW through the different actors and influences and and so on. Um, uh, also, my personal take, and this is a personal take, is I think WWF were so successful in globally marketing their products, like in the 90s, like, that it was basically the only game in town for a lot of people yeah. that were more casual observers of wrestling. Like, I remember, like, you know, I didn't even know what WCW was until like a bit later on, mm. but like the WWF videos were always there. Their branding was really distinctive. They, it was like really colorful and like i think obviously it was ge- geared towards kids i think that almost like the, the the fact of their incredibly successful almost like whitewashing of wrestling history yeah if, if it's not wwf it's nothing you know even yeah. to this day it's like that isn't it absolutely um, and um you know with this is a really you know brings me i'm sorry for cutting you off but this is i'm getting into the flow you know you have moxley is the the united states iwgp champion right so you know he's he's coming on with that on you know AEW tv a a sort of a comparative sort of um point is that 1991 rick flair comes to wwf with the the big gold belt the you know the nwa big gold belt Right. But what they were doing there is basically using that as a gimmick to put down, you know, WCW or NWA or whatever, you know, you know, uh, it was then. Whereas mm. we have Moxley coming in the AEW as the, you know, the United States champion from that other promotion. It's paying respect to that. Belt. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? So they have a different yes. approach to bringing in, you know, showing. And that was really the first time since like 1984. 
mm-hmm. when, when Vince McMahon took over WWF yeah. from his father, that they had acknowledged another wrestling company mm-hmm. outside of that, but they were doing it in a sort of dismissive way. Yes, you know, yes, so absolutely. AEW, I think, is a bit more respect for what's going on around it in other places and, you know, the history. So I like yeah. that, you know. A hundred percent. And um, to, yeah, to, to, I mean... This is a. This, we've spent a lot more time talking about this than I thought we would, but it's also super, super interesting because I feel like that difference in approach stems from the two individuals at the top of those two companies. Like, because I think WWF Vince is an old geezer, but let's be honest, Vince still runs the show over there. Um, at the time of recording, the NXT champion had just come onto the flagship show and got uh, squashed. Yeah, uh, you know. Was, yeah. Like got absolutely like ruined. Like this guy, he'd been unbeaten for like God knows how long. Mm. And he stepped up and he got he got humiliated along with like the lower brand. So, you know, if whatever you think of that, um it still shows that he runs the show there. Um and he runs the show like in a very kind of like top down way. Whereas I feel like yeah. Tony Khan I don't know Tony Khan personally, yeah. but just reading between the lines, I feel like he, maybe just because of his age, he's a very young man, but he works more collaboratively, just naturally, yeah. is what I feel. I think he trusts his, you mm. know, his colleagues, he, the people he works with and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think Vince McMahon's probably been there too long, that he yeah. doesn't, you know, trust, you know, people work different ways. You know, and they do. We can't get past the fact that WWE is still hugely successful. Oh, you know? 100%. You know, 100%. so, and I watched uh, Money in the Bank there, first pay-per-view I've watched in a long time. It was it was great, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. It was really, really good. I'll, um, put, I'll, put, I'll put Money in the Bank over as well. I watched, I didn't yeah. watch all of it. I watched yeah. a lot of it. I thought it was great as well. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. The, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match was just unbelievable. Yeah. But then, you know, Ricochet, people like that, and make that people who are in Lucha Underground as well, you know, that yeah, uh, big fans of those guys from back then. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, that's that's you, it's a really good point that it seems that I think Can trusts people around him, you know, more more so to be sort of in a collaborative way. It'll be interesting to see if that approach holds up in like five to ten years' time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, it, you know, nothing certain. Yeah, yeah, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna fire some quick fire questions at you now. Um, you can give me your either your top AEW match so far or your top three, depending on how much detail you want to give me, and also um your top star in AEW and why. Um, so I think that the first sort of match I've already referenced that would would have been um Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes, just for mm. the storytelling in that and. Mm-hmm. That was that was one of the one of the best matches. Um, I really enjoyed Moxley and Jericho, you know, for, for the title. Uh, yep. Revolution Moxley, twenty. Yes. Revolution twenty twenty. I think twenty. Yeah, just before just before the pandemic, and um, just just for the really for the build up of that because that's mm-hmm. another thing that uh, AEW does really well the build matches up over weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks you know with the, with a good payoff where it seems a bit you know quicker you know in WWE yes. these things turn around sometimes mm. but yeah so that there and you know you could see it coming a mile away when Jericho asked Moxley to join the inner circle and you know 
you know, in the middle of the ring, he turned on and smashed the bottle on him. You know, that, that was that was just brilliant. That's what people want to see. They want to see that. I love that. that. Build up. Um, I really liked um, du- Double or Nothing, their, the, the, the recent one, you know, mm. the first time of the fans back. That was another fantastic right. show. And I really enjoyed the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. You know, I know mm-hmm. that they, they did that sort of, you know, you know, mass brawl falls kind anywhere type of, you know, thing that they were doing. But the build up to that was really, really good too. Um, so yeah. that that that's another one. There, there, there's, you know, when I think about them, there, there are so many. Yeah. In one of the build up, again, it's featuring Jericho, you know, um, where the, the pinnacle get the inner circle's old dressing dressing room and MJF goes into the toilet and the inner circle's stand there. <laughs> The look on his face and goes like, "We'll get out of here." You know, they really do the sort of comedy angle well as well. You yeah. know, yeah. you know, they have, um, yeah. So that that's a couple that are really like just mainly due to the the long build up and the payoff, which is yeah. you know it's what you want to see, and of course the the storytelling. So I'm sure there 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 are more. Um, it's a great top three. I love it. Yeah. Um, what about what about the individuals then? Who do you think like? Because there's, they've got a real cast, a real diverse cast, don't they? They really do. Yeah, Who's the one for you that, that sticks, stands out as like your your special or your favourite one? It's um, you know, it, it it really is a tough call, and it you know, I I really I'm a big fan of Frankie Kazarian. Yeah, he's he, like he's been doing it for so long, and he's still, yeah. you know, he's still amazing. You know, yeah, he's still amazing. His, so I really do, and I've, I really, really sort of have liked him for a long time. But in terms of the younger stars of the build I think uh, Jungle Boy, Jack Parry, is going to be huge in a couple of years' time. You know, he's yeah. really, that that uh, double or nothing where he, he won the, the Battle Royal, you know, yep. and, he, and he got that endorsement from uh, Christian. Yes. You know, you look at the crowd, the crowd reacting to him, you know, he's he's got yeah. that sort of, and he reminds me in a way, you know, and it might seem strange that I'm overlooking this Brian Pillman Jr. in this, but he kind of yes. reminds me of some, in some way of Brian Pillman in the old yes. sort of red and black striped sort of zebra uh, attire that he had in, <laughs> you know, around 1990, 91, when he was teaming with uh, Tom Zank. He kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of that flying around he looks good you know he's mm. he got that hair that you know i i wish you had uh, so <laughs> so you know I, I do like him um you know he's an he, actual baby face isn't he yeah he really is and you know he's got that sort of uh movie star looks from his dad you know, you know yeah. things like that there so I do, I do like the likes of him but i do like you know, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot to choose from there, like you know, and, and that really are. Yeah. Let's let's um let's dwell on putting Frankie Kazarian over as well for a few minutes because yeah. Frank, well, Frankie's incredible. Yeah. Like, what what an incredibly um, just like a, an incredibly sort of multifaceted like performer he is. Like yeah. you know, uh, I was watching because uh, I, I I was really like not watching wrestling. You know, when Frankie had his big TNA run, mm. um saw people starting to post stuff you know when he got back into wrestling and his TNA run going back and looking at some of that stuff what an incredible body of work that guy has yeah see um, that there you're going back to that time as well you know that uh, sort of TNA X division you mm-hmm. know 
a lot of people in there in the around mm-hmm. there were were amazing, including Austin Aries. You know, like pretty much everyone hates him. You know, because he's yeah pretty unlikable. But when you had Austin Aries yeah. and likes Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, you know, people like that there. You know, mm-hmm. it, that's what you want. You want that blend of, you know, technical wrestling, high flying stuff that he he can do it all. It seems like it seems to me. I mean, I, I was not watching TNA at any point really, but um. It seems to me, just like looking at it from the outside, that TNA sort of like pioneered, like the, this the kind of cruiserweight thing becoming a big mainstream thing and sort of legitimizing those guys yeah. as they could be a champion, mm. you know that yeah. sort of thing, which I think is a really important step because I think for the longest time, and I'm sure it predates WWF as well. Like you have to look a certain way. Like be a certain height, be a certain weight, like to be like an like a national champion. Whereas I feel like that the guy, what the guys were doing in TNA, because I'm sure um, Christopher Daniels was then champion for quite a long time. Mm. He's not in TNA after that. Yeah, like, and, that feels and, like quite an important bridging mechanism yeah. to sort of legitimise yeah. those well, people's big glorified stars. Yeah, I think you know, like I say, that sort of activation um, in when you had that, but in the main sort of thing you had. Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, and people and people like that. Um, but with with the X Division, all these high flyers as sort of the lighter guys. Then you see that you know a couple of years later in two hundred five live or you know whatever you know WWE. So it, it hadn't really taken off. I don't think it was you know Vince McMahon's prime sort of interest. You know, but yeah, that stuff there. You know, a good mix of that and you know the heavyweights and stuff like that. Or you get someone for something for everyone. You know. That's right. Um, let's move on now to talk about, uh, I don't want to drag you too much back to 2020, but it feels quite relevant now that we're hopefully moving out of being in a pandemic, which has been a really, really odd um, and difficult, maybe in some ways, time in history. Um, I, I guess I've just been talking to people about how, uh, you know, the sort of like personal experience of 2020 and the sort of role of wrestling within that. So maybe you could say a few words about that for us, Barry. Well, yeah, um, the last thing that I actually went to, before, like a, literally days before the lockdown happened, was a wrestling show. With oh, really? My, with my son, yeah. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, so, and then, like, he, he's, he, he absolutely loved it. He's been to a few with me. And I loved it too, like, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, well, um the thing is, I probably should say, and I don't know if when I'll get the chance to, you know, say this again, is like for a while, you know, a number of years ago, I was actually wrestling and, uh, you know, in a wrestling school training and stuff. You really? Know? So, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. So I was wow. being trained by some of, you know, the best sort of, and training with some of the best Northern Irish wrestlers, you know? And wow. It, so, but, you know, I have a family. It, you know, it was never going to take off. I just wanted to box yeah. it off and show that I could do it, and I could. Like, so yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that. But so, a really, really big fan of the local wrestling scene. It's very vibrant, and you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a bit of a community go on. So, being at that, and then going to seeing, you know, wrestling with no fans, especially that first WrestleMania with no fans, it was just dead. It was just awful. It's going to go, you know, how long is this going to go on for, you know. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took a step back from WWE, you know, as all 
can't really be bothered. Not that I really watch it every week anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. 2020 has been a really weird one for everyone. But if mm-hmm. you're looking at it from a wrestling fan, it's given you an appreciation of how much wrestling fans bring to the whole thing. Yep. You know? So, so true. So what well, we have been doing uh, under lockdown, so I have, a, I have a son and a daughter. Uh, they were seven and four, you know, during the lockdown. You know, watching old WWE stuff with crowds at it. Oh, yeah. On the, on the network. Like, my, <laughs> my daughter loves John Cena. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my son loves Goldberg. So, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so watching stuff with them, which is always good, good fun. So, yeah. And then with, with it going on longer and longer, sort of, focused more on AEW because I thought that was, you know, it seemed to be a bit more, but I think it's probably because of that Daily's place, you know, they had a really good mm. setup there. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it was a bit more open, you know, and things like that there, That's you right. know, it was a bit brighter. So, yeah. Mm. So I did, I did watch plenty, plenty of wrestling, just mm-hmm. not, you know, sort of WWE style. You know. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And um, I, I watched the, the pandemic WrestleMania um, hard going, hard going, and then what a contrast to the the first night in particular. WrestleMania this year was just incredible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good stuff. Okay. Um. Let's say uh, finish us off then uh, by by just talking about um what when you think about AEW and what you've seen so far, like what's a moment or a pop or a just a kind of thing that stands out for you so far, like in the the short history of the promotion. Yeah. That you think well, that's what kind of sums up why I'm into it. Yeah. Um, Double or nothing 2019 were Jericho and Kenny Omega. And yeah. John, John Moxley comes in through the crowd. Like, that oh. crowd went insane. Oh my God. Really, like it really did. What and, you know, yeah. So, you know, you, ha- you have that. Uh, that's definitely, and you know, like the, 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 the Moxley Jericho match, you know, uh, just the beginning of last year, uh, you know that choir singing Judas, and the mm-hmm. crowd singing along. You know, he thinks like yeah. that. There, you know, it's it shows that it's it's much more than what goes on in the ring. You know, it's what goes on outside the ring, crowd involvement. When you have things like that, there are some that's unusual. You know, you you can see how much people get into that. So those two are really good. You know, sort of moments. There, there's there are plenty of them though. You know, yeah. like right. uh, when Tommy Ann debuted there, you know, the yeah. crowd again. When you compare that to how Matt Hardy debuted, you can think how, how you know, mental crowd would have went then if they had been there, you know? So you can see with Tommy Ann what the reaction I feel was sorry for fans. all the... Absolutely. Yeah. I feel I feel a bit sorry for all the guys that were denied a pop. I mean, Brody leaves the obvious one, but yeah. um, you know, all, all of them, like Matt Hardy and um, even like um, like Ricky Starks when he made his debut and things like that. So, but no, um, going back to your first uh, choice there, obviously coming through the crowd with Double or Nothing. I remember that was like when I I didn't watch Double or Nothing. I came in like not too long after that. I think All Out was the first pay per view I watched, but I went back to watch that and. I think that's probably the moment that I've watched the most like replays of, because because I've watched them coming down from every conceivable like angle, like fan yeah. cameras and you know the organic reaction of the crowd 
as they spot more and more people spot him yeah. as he goes down the stairs yeah. and round. It's very, very special. Like, like just watching people react to it. Um, yeah, what a, what a great way to round things off. Yeah, um, I cannot believe. So you, t- sorry, uh, just before round things off. So you treat you trained as a wrestler then? Yeah, well, you know, we did. So, so there was a boot camp type thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, eight eight weeks of training. So we did that and actually got through to you know sort of the next stage and stuff and and did that there and then had had the leave for a while and then went back into it and you know trained. It's just like like it's doing sort of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as well at the same time. So it's a really interesting contrast of. You know what they do and you know what jujitsu grapplers do and stuff so really enjoyed doing them both both together but yeah fortunate enough to wow this uh, training and now the company has changed name and stuff it used to be called pro wrestling ulster and what they had was they had like a mm-hmm. you know um big demo uh, michael over taking a seminar and they had al snow taking a seminar and things like that there you know um so wow. the they had a lot of big sort of guys come over and Drew McIntyre as well, you know. So, you know, all these guys came and Abyss from TNA, you know, we had a lot of wow. new guys coming over. So it was a good time, you know, really enjoyed it. That sounds incredible. You're a man of many talents. <laughs> I know. Thank I you. wouldn't say talents. Many interests, <laughs> but, you know, not talents. So, Well, thank you so much for your time, Barry. I wish you no. all the best with the PhD. No worries, And and yeah, it's so awesome to connect with you. Thank you so much for agreeing My to do this. And I'm sure we'll be connecting on some uh, nonsensical EW posts soon. Yeah, no worries. No, no problem at all. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, that was great. Thank you so much. Um, no. I'm going to try and find the stop button now. How do I find the stop recording? Ah, there we go.